absolute power corrupts absolutely. Everyone and welcome once again. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you, uh, if you're listening to me, you did what I told you to do yesterday, and that's turn back the hands of time. One hour. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on daylight savings time now, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so this is 10 a.m. Yesterday at this time, it was 11 a.m. So I hope you are with me right now. Um, right naturally, if you're listening, you are with me. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and I'm talking week eight in fantasy and real football. Um, a lot of teams, uh, uh, four teams that are on buys. I'm going to name those teams off and the players that are involved that you do not put in your lineup. We have a chat room sitting out there. If you want to jump in there and ask a question, make a comment or statement, you can do that. We are here for an hour and a half. I'm going down each and every game except for the one that's being played now in London. That's the Kansas City uh, Chiefs against the uh, Detroit Lions. Excuse me. Uh, The Chiefs are, in quotation marks, the home team. Um, And uh, uh, right now, we're going to do our picks. Not Like I said, we do not pick winners and losers here. We pick fantasy matchups, things that can help you. And also, um, we also pick uh, or give you some advice in uh, going forward into the future. We try to look into the future and see players that you may want to pick up um, this week that are maybe relevant next week uh, or uh, a little later in the season. So each week, it may be the same each week, uh, or it could change. You never know. Uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT, the master, and that is, you know, me. Um, week 8, like I say, and uh, with week 8 comes the bye week for Buffalo, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, in Washington. So no LaShawn McCoy, no Charles Clay. Um, quite naturally, Sammy Watkins has been relevant. No Robert Woods. Well, he's been re- a little relevant uh, in the last few weeks. 
excuse me, uh, no Carlos Williams, um, uh, no Allen Robinson or Hearns, no Blake Bortles, no TJ Yeldon, no Julius Thomas, no um, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews or Darren Sproles or Sam Bradford or Jordan Matthews or uh, uh, Riley Cooper. I'm trying to think who else, Zach Ertz. Um, who else am I leaving out there on, on the uh, um, um, Josh Huff? For the Josh Huff fans, owners, I should say. Um, in Washington, no Kirk Cousins, uh, no Jordan Reed, no uh, Pierre Garçon. Deion, uh, Deshaun Jackson hasn't been on the uh, – um, hasn't been played in, in quite a while, so quite naturally he's been sitting. Um, no uh, Jameson Crowder. And uh, I think that's it for now. Okay. I may be leaving somebody out, but anybody that's relevant in fantasy on Buffalo, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, and Washington, don't put them in your lineup. You'll get a big fat zero because they have, in, in every league that you're in, it tells you who's on a buy and who's not. So don't put them in there. Go for, go to an alternative. Hopefully I can give you an alternative if you like putting one of these players that are on a buy. Hopefully I can give you an alternative and it'll help you win your fantasy matchup. Um, I'm looking for sleepers also and, and uh, sleepers and uh, guys that are free agents that are going to be, that you can, should, should pick up um, in the coming weeks or next week or this week. If you have fantasy space, pick them up this week. Um, I want to go through those too. So, um, but uh why don't we do this? Why don't we go to the first game now? Like I said, Kansas City and Detroit are playing now. Uh, Miami and New England played on Thursday. So cancel those games out. Those games don't count. Oh, I should say they don't count. They're not in, to, in this discussion, okay? Um, the games, One game's played already. One game is playing right now. So we're talking about the um what 13 games I think it is whatever it is. So here we go. Uh first game on the docket would be and we'll go we'll go with the weather wise. We'll go like this. Uh first game is the a division game. Very interesting game. One quarterback's been playing weather um relatively well, the other quarterback's been having some shaky starts. Barely pulled out a ten and seven win last week against a uh, 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 not too good team with, with their backup quarterback, and I'm talking about the uh, Atlanta Falcons, who played very poorly and then barely pulled out a win against Tennessee. Even even though Tennessee is not that bad on defense, they have a, they're, they're, they were playing with their backup quarterback Zach Mettenberger. So let's talk about. The Buccaneers facing the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing the um, Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, in Atlanta. Okay. Um, Vincent Jackson is not in. Okay. He is not in the lineup. 
quite naturally, Mike Evans has been getting a lot of attention because he's the, he, he, he's healthy now. He's a lot more healthier than he was a few weeks ago. And he's a huge target and a target magnet um, passes from uh, Jameis Winston, who's been playing better uh, and, played, and played, like I said, last yesterday. Came off his best game of the season with close to 300 yards and two um, touchdown passes uh, in Washington. He hasn't thrown an interception. I'm talking about Jameis Winston in, in a couple of weeks. Um, he's getting more efficient in his passes with 70% completions over the, over the last two games. Um, quite naturally, that helps when your wide receivers are healthier and you have a, a better target to throw to and you have a better understanding of the offense and the offensive coordinator has had the better, better understanding of your strengths and weaknesses. And it's a steady progression from week to week, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. Um, you only have to go off of what he's been playing from week to week. You don't have any past history. Like he wasn't on the team last year. He's a rookie quarterback. So his strong suit uh, is uh He's pretty accurate, but he had ten tendency to have a, a gunslinger type um, uh, attitude, and they can get him in trouble at times. But uh, I think he's getting reined in, and I like Mike Evans big time. <clears throat> Sleeper in here is Dante Die. Who? Yeah, Dante Die. He caught a pass last last week for a touchdown, and I think uh, he got a strong shot to do the same thing. Maybe not as get as many targets and yardage as uh, Mike Evans, but um, he's a nice alternative uh, to throw to when Mike Evans is um, maybe bottled up. So a sleeper, if you're looking for a wide receiver. Now, he's a hit-or-miss guy, so it's high-risk, high-reward with this guy. But um, against this uh, defense, I'm talking about the defense in Atlanta, who's number three in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver um, position. But I still like Dante Dye as a sleeper, and quite naturally, Mike Evans is an every-week play. Um, Doug Martin has been running very well, and this, this defense is 30th against fantasy points. Um, I'm talking about Atlanta. I'm preventing fantasy points against the uh, uh, running back position. So, in my opinion, um, Doug Martin is an extremely good play in here uh, in standard and in uh, PPR. Quite naturally, you get more points if you have a dual threat running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And um, they use Charles Sims, but but I think uh, Doug Martin quite naturally is going to get uh, more of a workload, including in the passing game. So that's why I like Doug Martin more than um, Charles Sims. Uh, If you're in a pinch, uh, you could use Charles Simmons in a flex. Um, he's a he's a decent flex uh, running back. Uh, just don't expect a huge workload from him. I expect that workload uh, and point production coming from uh, Doug Martin. Jameis Winston, I know he's been playing well, but um, um, Atlanta is within the top ten in preventing fantasy points against the uh, uh, quarterback position, so I would not um, play Jameis Winston, uh, maybe in a two quarterback lead, but I would really be stretching it. You try to look for somebody else that's got a, a better uh, option. 
um, in, in two quarterback leagues, but James Winston is not a QB uh, one uh, or two uh, to be started in, in, in week to week unless you're really in a pinch. All right, let's move on to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Got to play. Got to play. Matt Ryan. Um, he plays a lot better when he's at home. I expect him to play a lot better against this um, Tampa Bay uh, defense, who's 29th in preventing fantasy points in the, against the quarterback position and uh, 28th in uh, uh, the same um, against points, uh, fantasy points. So uh, in the passing game is where they should thrive, even though they have Devontae Freeman, and they're going to let him um, try to run wild. But understand that uh, Tampa Bay is in the top 15 in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. But Devontae Freeman is uh, running wild and running very well, and he can be also used in a, in a passing game. So he's at every week play uh, despite, the, despite the matchup. Despite the matchup, okay? Um, so you play Matt Ryan quite naturally. You play Devontae Freeman. And uh, um, believe it or not, believe it or not, Leonard Hankerson won't be playing this week. He's injured. He he has an injured hamstring, um, and he he'll miss this week. So the old man gets an opportunity to to get included in the offense this week against a division rival. And I'm talking about Roddy White. So Roddy White is probably not on a lot of rosters, um, because he hasn't really done anything. Uh, to warrant that, but this week against this opponent at this time, I would put Roddy White in the flex position because I think he, he'll have the trip in the end zone and be a blast from the past. So, uh, you know, I didn't mention Julio Jones in this because that's a no-brainer. In my opinion, that's a no-brainer. Julio Jones one of the top five wide receivers, if not the top two in all of football right now in fantasy, I have to tell you to play him. No way should have to tell you to play him. So you play Julio Jones, okay? Quite naturally, this is played in the dome. Weather has no factor in this matchup. That's why you didn't see me mention it. All right, let's move on to the next matchup, which is a very interesting matchup. Um, Carson Palmer played the uh, Steelers last week from the NFC North, who he knows very well, and they know him. And now he gets a trip again to play the uh, Cleveland Browns, another opponent that he's used to facing when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, partly cloudy, 58 degrees in in Cleveland, and uh, perfect football weather, and – who is the plays you say here? Well, for one, um, as far as I know, Josh McGowan is a, a questionable. It's questionable. I think he's going to play, but I, I wouldn't play him in, in, in here anyway. Um, uh, so in the quarterback position from Cleveland, I wouldn't think about it, um, playing anybody uh, in that in that position. Uh, what I would think about it playing is uh, – Gary Barnage, I think he's a every week matchup. Now, every anytime 
you say that, and he's in every week because he he's going against some bad matchups, uh, statistically wise, against in a, in a tight end position, and he's produced, and this is one of them um, that the uh, Arizona Cardinals are number one in preventing fantasy points in a tight end position, but as well as Gary Barnish has been playing, whether it's a good or a bad matchup, um, I, I could suggest to you, because Arizona is the best in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position, I can easily tell you to sit him without batting an eye, but I can't do that. Um, I still think uh, Barnage gets some decent, decent yardage. Not sure if he gets into the end zone. That's That's the key. Not sure if he gets into the end zone. I think he's going to get enough uh, targets and targets equal opportunities to uh, uh, get decent amount of um, receptions, which uh, will lead up which will lead up to uh, um, a certain amount of yardage, and uh, he gets you double digits from the tight end position. Um, I've predicted in the past somebody getting into the end zone. I don't think he does, um, and it's only a bonus if he does. But I, I do believe he can give you double-digit fantasy points, even though um, Arizona is the number one um, uh, defense preventing fantasy points from the uh, tight end position. Uh, what I do like in here is uh, two guys, uh, other than uh, in Cleveland, two other guys. I like uh, a PPR machine that seems to rack up receptions and, and a certain amount of yardage is Travis Benjamin. I think he can get a, a, enough of um, targets, like I say, targets equal opportunities, and uh, uh, get enough um, receptions and um, yardage to go with the receptions to get into double digits. He can be a flex. He's in, in, in definitely not a wide receiver one in this, this matchup. Um, he's definitely not a wide receiver two. Um, he's in between a wide receiver three, four flex somewhere around there because I think he's going to get enough um, targets either from Johnny Manziel or um, Josh McGowan to uh, accumulate enough and, and, and possibly double digits. Now who I do like in here is the um, Duke Johnson Jr. Because I think he can accumulate enough receptions in the out of the backfield to um, be a, a, another flex play. So you got three players, or two play, three players, really. Duke Johnson, Travis Benjamin, uh, um, and Barnage. You can use if you want to, but I would just use them in the tight end. Um, but uh, uh, Travis Benjamin and Duke Johnson can be used in the uh, flex position. Uh, let's go up to the. Um, Arizona Cardinals. Now, I, you know, I've talked about this guy um, at length, at nauseum, since the beginning of the season. He got him cheap in, in uh, fantasy drafts. He got him cheap in the NFC drafts, and he's been paying off. He's been a top five quarterback week in and week out. I like him in this matchup. I know that Cleveland is um, – 14th in preventing fantasy points in the uh, uh, quarterback position um, and 14th in the uh, doing the same thing in the wide receiver position. 
But I, I still like Carson Palmer to throw almost to 300 yards and a couple touchdowns in there. He's a, he's a must-start week in and week out. Um, Andre Ellington is supposed to get um, – Andre Ellington is supposed to get um, some increased work, but the old man, Chris Johnson, is still the guy to go to in the running back position. He is the um, feature back, and uh, I expect him to run as such against uh, the Cleveland Browns, who happen to be the, the uh, 32nd um, against uh, preventing fantasy points in the uh, – running back position. So I, I expect Chris Johnson to have a good day. Like in John Brown, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a game time decision of um, what's going to happen. Uh, temper your expectations. If he's dealing with hamstring and it's a game time decision, meaning he's iffy at best on uh, whether he's going to play now. Now he had hamstring issues last week and he played. But he missed all the practices other than a limited uh, one on Friday. And like I said, he's a, he's a, a questionable play. That's a high risk, high reward. Like I said, he missed all practices except a limited one on Friday. So he could suit up. He could have a 80, 80 yard and a touchdown day, or he could have a 20 yard and I'm finished for the day. So he's a risky play at best. Quite naturally, um, I think a stronger play. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's a wide receiver one. Uh, I, I shouldn't even have to tell you to play that. But uh, the other one is Michael Floyd. Uh, with the uh, probably the decrease in opportunities and targets to John Brown, well, that's going to migrate over to uh, Michael Floyd who's been playing and been getting involved more and more um, scored a touchdown last week uh, with the um, Arizona offense. So um, I think Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald, despite uh, Joe Hayden and company in the uh, defensive backfield in Cleveland, will take a trip into the end zone. Um, I really love Chris Johnson in this, and I really love Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer also in this. Uh, Michael Floyd is a, 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 uh, a flex position or a wide receiver three without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. And uh, um, who I do like in here, and this kid hasn't missed yet. And I think they're going to give him opportunities to uh, make field goals. Um, and um, I, I should have mentioned when I was talking about Cleveland, I'm talking about the rookie, Travis Coons, who's uh, hasn't missed a kick yet. So if you're looking for a kicker, you're searching for a kicker, you don't have Buffalo, Dan Carpenter, you don't have uh, Washington's um, kicker. You don't have um, um, Philly's kicker, or you don't have um, um, Jacksonville's kicker. Uh, and you and you're looking for a high percentage kicker, Travis Coons. He's he's at home. Uh, even though that um, Cleveland may not get into the end zone, I think they're going to get within field goal field goal kicking range and be able to give Travis Coons an opportunity to keep that 100% uh, ratio of kicking field goals. Uh, so you may want to go that route. All right. Let's, let's take another trip to another city, and we're going to go into the Midwest now. 
uh, another part of the Midwest. No, Midwest. Let me put it that way. Um, and that's talking about the uh, St. Louis Rams holding, um, uh, hosting the division rivals and a much depleted and much in disarray 49ers. Um, that's that's going to be played in the Dome, so weather's never a factor. Um, so let's talk about St. Louis and San Francisco, okay? Let's talk about that. Like I said, I don't pick winners and losers. Quite naturally, running back on St. Louis' side is a no-brainer. No-brainer. This kid has been racking up uh, yardage, averages 140 yards uh, a game. He's only played three games, and he, he is balling out, balling out. Scored his first two touchdowns last week. Um So I expect him to be able to run against this uh, 49ers defense who happens to be 25th in preventing fantasy points against the running back position, 26th and, and, and 29th, uh, 26th in quarterback, 26th in, in wide receiver, meaning this defense hasn't been stopping anybody, unfortunately. Hasn't been stopping anybody. So what I'm saying is this, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. And, and, here's a surprise, people. Here's here's a sleeper I'm thinking in this game who's been getting more and more involved in the offense in, in St. Louis. Um, they've been high risk, high, re, high reward type of guy. But I, I like him this week. I really like him this week. And that's Tyvon Austin. Now, my uh, esteemed uh a host of a, a FSP show on sun, Saturday has talked up Tyvon Austin over the last few years, ever since he's been in the league. Um, issues have one way thing or another have uh, caused Tyvon Austin not to be involved or be fantasy relevant over the past few years. Seems like this year, uh, maybe it's the offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer is uh, not there anymore. You have a new uh, offensive coordinator and uh, uh, looking for ways to get Tyvon Austin, who can be a um, dynamic player. He is a dynamic player, I should say, but he can make um, big plays if given the chance and the right opportunity. Uh, I think the offensive coordinator is trying to do that with him. And uh, I like Tyvon Austin as a, a, a sleeper here. I really like him as a sleeper. In fact, you know, do I want to say that he'd get into the end zone? Strong possibility. They use him in the backfield, very little since they have uh, Todd Gurley. But they do gadget plays. They use him, uh, toss plays, um, doing an uh, end sweep, end, end run or whatever. So I like Tyvon Austin, believe it or not. This is a high-risk, high-reward play. But the reward is you get uh, uh, from one play, it's going to be a big play, meaning big points. So if you're searching for a wide receiver, he's a wide receiver, searching for a wide receiver, you don't have anybody viable to put in your flex position. Tyvon Austin is sitting there on uh, the waiver wire for whatever reason, or he may be sitting on your bench. Uh, you got nothing to lose. You don't have a you don't have any good options. So why not put somebody in there that's got an opportunity to give you a big play? Um, they're going up against a team in the Forty ers who 
you punch them early in the game, I think they're going to fold and uh, uh, give up a lot of points so and get up a lot of big plays. Um, so I like Tyvon Austin to, to get a, a trip into the end zone, okay, along with uh, three or four catches, uh, 30 or 40 yards, and that's double digits in, in a flex. That's all you're looking for. You're looking for somebody to give you decent, decent points, and if you get double digits, that's golden. On the other side, San Francisco, who do I pick? Colin Kaepernick. If you ever watch Colin Kaepernick play the uh, St. Louis Rams, he has extreme difficulty um, playing defenses that are stout against the, the, the pass and give you a pass rush. And who better to uh, uh, stifle what Colin Kaepernick does best is that the um, um, St. Louis Rams, who have a um, in the past given Colin Kaepernick fits. So uh, Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion, is not a play. Um, Carlos Hyde is out. He may be out for several weeks with a fractured foot. Reggie Bush is supposed to be the featured back uh, against that um, uh, defense that's 18th against preventing fantasy points um, from the running back position. So they're about eh, a little less than the middle of the pack. So there's a possibility that um, Reggie Bush may be, may, may be a decent play. Only in flex, because so, he's going to get, besides running the football, he's going to be involved in the uh, passing game. Um, I think Mike Davis is also a, a guy, but he's just a guy that's backing up Reggie Bush because you know how um, um, injury-prone Reggie Bush is. So it is what it is. I'm just keeping it real here, people. Um, I don't really like too many of the – 49ers uh, to, to, to be a viable um, in this offense, uh, I would have to think that the, believe it or not, this is one of the weeks you use Vernon Davis. Um, that's the weak, weakest point on the offensive skill players that the St. Louis um, Rams have against the tight end position. So this is maybe one of the times that if you don't have Charles Clay, you don't have Julius Thomas, you don't have Zach Ertz or Jordan Reed, here's, here comes Vernon Davis. Why not? Why not? Vernon Davis. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, matchup, which would be the New York football giants visiting the Superdome. Uh, and that's the uh, New Orleans Saints, who are riding a, uh, a two-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, and are two and one at home, whereas the uh, Giants are one and two at home. So, what do we want to do here? What do we want to do here? This is what I want to do. I'm not a big Eli Manning fan, and Eli, in my opinion, doesn't play well in domes. And uh, I don't think he, he came off – he's coming off his worst game this year where he threw for only 170 yards and no scores. He didn't throw for a touchdown pass in the win over the Cowboys. The Cowboys really gave him that game, okay? Manning on a four-game stretch of good results, but these last two uh, against the Eagles and Cowboys – um, have uh, brought his uh, his stats down, complete uh, down not completely, but 
very dramatically. Um, and away from home, when they play the Eagles and Cowboys, he's only thrown one touchdown off, off, over the last two away games. So what's that telling me? That's telling me you don't. I don't play Eli, even though some people don't have an alternative, and some people love to play Eli. I'm not an Eli uh, fan here. I, I think the Eli, uh, and, and you're probably going to get from some experts saying that Eli's a good player. In my opinion, um, in my opinion, I don't like Eli here. Okay, I may be may be proven wrong. I know he's uh, he's going to redeem himself playing against the Saints, who are thirty um, second against preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position. I know I'm get going against that, and I, I stated this before. I'm going against the the, the stats here. Um, it's just call it a gut feeling, but I'm not uh, uh, feeling Eli this week. Um, I think he he's in a hostile environment. He's in a dome. Crowd's going to be uh, allowed, and I think uh, the Giants are going to suffer for it. What I do like is Shane Vereen. Um, in a passing game, especially in PPR, I like him. I like Ruben Randall in here, and I like Odell Beckham. Now, when I say I like them guys, those guys, them guys, those guys, that means, well, why don't you like Eli? Uh, I think Eli is going to throw a pick or two, which is going to drive his numbers down, Okay. I don't think he's going to throw a pick or two. Um, and uh, um, he's prone to have bonehead plays on the road. So I think he's going to have a pick or two. And that's going to drive down his numbers. So he may get the ball to the three guys I named, Ruben Randall, Odell Beckham, and Shane Vereen in, in the short passing game with, with Shane Vereen. But I think because he may throw a pick or two, it's going to drive his numbers down. That's why I'm not – too keen on Eli at all. On the other side, the 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 uh, New York Giants are 15th in preventing fantasy points of the against the quarterback position. Now that's middle of the road, uh, and, and 12th in, in, against the wide receiver. That's just about the top 15. Okay, that's good. And 22nd against the running back. So Mark Ingram, I expect to have a very good day today. 80 yards, 90 yards, running the ball, and he also catches the ball out of the backfield. I expect him to get a trip into the end zone against the Giants. The uh, wide receivers, um, Drew Brees spreads the ball out, he, and they, they throw a lot. So I expect Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed to be actively involved and to get uh, um, flex position-type numbers. Um, ben Watson is included in there And when they get close to the end zone Just like when he had Jimmy Graham He likes throwing to the tight end And I think Ben Watson gets the trip Into the to the end zone um, Can't think about the other two Breeze quite naturally is a no-brainer in here He, throw, he throws for over 300 yards And uh, uh, I like him a lot Alright, let's move on to the um, Next game on the docket uh, Another 1 o'clock game and a lot of one o'clock games. There's only two four o'clock games, uh, and the, quite naturally that the uh, night game. So uh, we're all going to one o'clock games.
for now, and I'll, I'll let you know when we get to the 4 o'clock games. All right, next one on the docket is a division rival. Division rival is a uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings and uh, the Chicago Bears. And playing in Chicago, quite naturally, the um, weather there is supposed to be um, perfect football weather, clear weather uh, in the mid-50s, and uh, perfect football weather, like I said. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the uh, tail of the tape and see what I see here. Teddy Bridgewater has been playing well um, over the last two weeks. The Vikings are four and two on, on a two-game winning streak. Uh, one and two on the road. Bears are two and four, and uh, quite naturally come off a uh, devastating loss against Detroit in overtime last week. The last three games uh, for the Bears were decided by three points or less. Uh, the, the Vikings defense is playing very well and should help uh, carry this game. Um, last year, they swapped um, uh, uh, wins against each other. Uh, the Vikings won at home. Uh, the Bears won at home. So quite naturally, I don't pick winners and losers here. I pick uh, teams that I think are going to do well. And believe it or not, I like Teddy Bridgewater in this game. Um, uh, he's been playing well, and Chicago is a – uh, bottom tier in preventing fantasy points uh, against the uh, um, quarterback position, the 27th. Uh, the 30th in, this, in preventing fantasy points against the um, wide receiver position, a guy I've been talking to you about for sev- several weeks now, and uh, hopefully you picked him up and you listened um, because he's not a household name, but he, I think he will be or is, is becoming – He's a hot waiver wire commodity, but I told you about this guy before he became hot. Hopefully you picked him up and you put him in your lineups and you you were rewarded. I'm talking about Stephon Diggs. Um, He's the number one wide receiver now. Mike Wallace, who used to play with Antonio Brown, um, said that he's Antonio Brown-like. Runs very good routes, um, extremely good hands, and um, a very a dynamic, big play wide receiver, and that's Stephon Diggs. So he's definitely a wide receiver, too, and he's creeping up to wide receiver one um, uh, quickly. But he's definitely wide receiver two uh, in, this, in this matchup. Uh, like I said, Chicago is 30th against preventing fantasy points uh, in the wide receiver position outside of injury. I knock on wood that he doesn't get hurt. Um, this guy is going to produce t- this weekend. He's going to produce. I'm talking about Stefan Diggs. He's going to produce this weekend. Quite naturally, um, for those uh, uh, Adrian Peterson fans, he's been held scoreless in four of the six games and went three weeks since he last gained over 100 yards. He ended up with 98 yards last week. Um, but if you take away his 75-yard scamper, he only had 18 runs and gained 23 yards. Um, and his role as a receiver in the North Turner offense is uh, is not, not coming to fruition. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Hopefully in the, in, the, in the future he gets involved more in the passing game coming out of the backfield. Um, but we'll wait and see about that. Uh, I'd also have to say that 
uh, outside Stephon Diggs. Uh, I like, I do like, and I'm not a big Mike Wallace fan, but this is one of those matchups that the wide receivers and the quarterback should flourish in. Um, Chicago is number seven, believe it or not, um, in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. But Adrian Peterson, when he runs against division rivals, seems to rise to the occasion. And if you have Adrian Peterson, um, uh, you got to put him out there because he's Adrian Peterson all day. And you, you got to think that sooner or later he's going to bust out and give you one of the monster nights, uh, monster days. And you don't want him to have him sitting on your bench saying could have, would have, should have. So it is what it is. I, I really like Stefan Diggs. Uh, to be a big time in this thing here. I think he's going to exploit that uh, secondary in Chicago. On the other side, Jay Cutler has been playing well. Um, and I think that Minnesota is uh, um, pretty tough. They're top 10 in preventing, uh, number seven, preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position, and number eight in doing the same thing at preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position, and number 10 in preventing uh, fantasy points against the um, running back position. So Minnesota quietly has been playing some stout defense on those three positions, top 10 against those positions. So where, where's Minnesota vulnerable? I mean, excuse me, where's Minnesota vulnerable at? One of the stronger positions Chicago has. And I expect Martellus Bennett and Jake Cutler to take advantage of that. I'm talking about the tight end position. I'm thinking Martellus Bennett is definitely a t- um, tight end one in here. Uh, I think the tight end position against Minnesota can be exploited, and Martellus is the perfect—excuse me, the perfect—the perfect formula for for that. So I, I, I really like uh, Martellus Bennett in here. Um, Jake Cutler has Alshon Jeffrey as a number one wide receiver. I think they're going to have to be thrown a lot because I don't think they're going to be able to run the football too effectively here. They got some weapons. Matt, Matt Forte, you got to play Matt Forte. Uh, I, I'm, you can't fit Matt Forte for the simple fact is that uh, um, he's involved in a passing game. So uh, in the PPR leagues, he's golden. You know he's going to be able to get 40, 50 yards, somewhere around that range, but he's also going to be able to get 30 or 40 yards in a passing game, and that's going to help him bring bring his numbers up. Uh, he may not be an RB1 this week, uh, maybe an RB2 or whatever, but you got to play Matt Forte. Uh, you got to play Alshon Jeffrey because that, that's going to be one of his, Jake Cutler's favorite targets to do, uh, to throw to. And um, Eddie Royal may not get a trip in the end zone, but he'll get enough targets. Uh, to um, and target equal, equal opportunities. I always say that an opportunity to t- catch passes is all all a wide receiver or running back needs. Um, just barely, barely touching that double digit range. Um, a flex wide receiver three, probably a four. Eddie Royal is, I would think. Um, yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, the two two uh, other targets are more um, likely to get close to, to their expected numbers versus Eddie Royal. So um, that's how I see that. Let's move on to the next 1 o'clock game. A lot of 1 o'clock games here where the uh, high-flying and pass-happy uh, um, San Diego Chargers play the 1-6 uh, um, Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. 
Um, temperature is going to be in the mid-60s, mostly cloudy, overcast day, perfect football weather, in my opinion. I know you heard that before, but it seems to me it's a perfect football weather. And it's two exact opposites meet in this one. Two exact opposites meet. The offense of one and the offense of the other are exactly completely different, meaning the San Diego Chargers, I'll go there first, don't run the ball well. Don't run the ball well. All right, the Chargers are 2-5 and five and over 3 on, in road games. Quite naturally, the Ravens are 1-6, like I said, on a three-game losing streak. Um, this has the chance to be a high-scoring game, but it could go either way. And um, like I said, the pass-happy um, San Diego Chargers, that's what they do best, throw the football. Um, and Phillip Rivers has 15 touchdowns and topped 300, over 330 yards uh, each of the last four games. And each of the last four games he hasn't scored – uh, he hasn't thrown for less than two touchdowns. So, and w- what's the what, what's the um, Achilles heel of the Baltimore defense? Thirty first in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback and wide receiver position. Thirteenth in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. What's the strength of San Diego? Throwing the football. So guess what? I, I absolutely love. Keenan Allen. I absolutely love Stevie Johnson. And supposedly Antonio um, um, Antonio Gates is supposed to test out his knee to see if he he's able to go. He's dealing with an MCL um, knee issue. Um, even if he doesn't want to go, can't go, I still like Ladarius Green. Um, I think he's going to be involved enough because they passed the ball enough that he's getting double digits. So um, I'm thinking Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson are going to have a big day. Um, wide receiver th- four, three, somewhere around there, four, I should say, is Malcolm Floyd. I think he barely gets double digits because of the volume of passes uh, they throw. Um, and I think Josh Lambeau gets enough work. And it's a kicker, but because they move the ball enough, and even if they get uh, stopped, I think Lambeau and his effectiveness in the kicking game uh, gets uh, a fair amount of field goal attempts along with the uh, extra points that they score or that he scores um, when they get into the end zone. So you play Phillip Rivers. You play Danny Woodhead because he more or less Melvin Gordon is uh, – one of those Wisconsin backs, and I warn people, Melvin Gordon, Wisconsin, Wisconsin back, um, big hype, get into the NFL, and uh, as of now, he's, he's, he's a bust, in my opinion. He's a bust. So Danny Woodhead, who's effective, been effective in the passing game big time, um, quite naturally, um, you got to play Danny Woodhead, and he's a running back too, and real close in PPR to a running back one because he's going to be involved in the offense, and especially around the goal line also. So you play Danny Woodhead, you play Phillip Rivers, you play Keenan Allen, you play um, 
Ladarius Green, because regardless of Antonio Gates' players or not, I think Ladarius Green gets involved heavily in this pass-happy offense. And uh, Stevie Johnson and uh, um, Malcolm Floyd are wide receiver 3-4 type of guys, somewhere around there. On the other side of the ball, we're talking about Joe Flacco playing at home. Uh, I'm not a big Joe Flacco fan, uh, but I think because of the volume of passes and the volume of um, opportunities that the San Diego Chargers are going to have, that uh, Flacco is going to have to put the ball in the air. Um, and uh, San Diego is um, uh, top 10 in preventing fantasy points in, against the quarterback and the wide receiver position and the dead last or next to last in preventing fantasy points uh, in the running back position. So, like I said, they're exact opposites. So what do the uh, Baltimore Ravens do best? They run the football. But in this case, they may not have to run. They may have to do other than run the football. Um, so I expect Justin Forsett to have a big day today against this defense that doesn't defend well, meaning San Diego against the run. Uh, also involved in the passing game because this is a Mark Tressman type offense and the running back is involved in the uh, passing game. Uh, but I think uh, uh, Steve, excuse me, Steve Smith is going to be heavily targeted and, and uh, um, um, quite naturally target the equal opportunities. And I think he, he gets uh, – close to double-digit receptions, uh, and hits the century mark with a, with a visit into the end zone. Uh, Joe Flacco, always, always. Dennis Pitta, um, I'm trying to think of the other one before that, uh, that he had, um, talking about tight ends. This this week, it's Crockett Gilmore, um, that he likes throwing to the tight end position, and I think uh, uh, Crockett Gilmore gets a visit into the end zone also. And uh, decent catches, and quite naturally, with the visit into the end zone, you get uh, um, um, bonus points from the tight end position. And Kamar Aiken, I think uh, he's going to throw enough. He's going to have to throw enough to try to keep up with San Diego and the points that they may put up. That Kamar Aiken is a wide receiver four. Uh, if you need a wide receiver four, um, I wouldn't uh, bank on it, but. Uh, um, if you're desperate, uh, you're, you're looking for situations that um, targets uh, equal opportunities, and that's what I'm talking about. All right, let's move on to the next uh, 1 o'clock game, another division rival. This is a huge game, a huge game in here. Um, the uh, um, division game, uh, one team coming off a bye undefeated, the other team 4-3, and three. huge Huge implications in this uh, division and AFC North. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals versus uh, welcome back Ben Roethlisberger, um, um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, people, Ben Roethlisberger is supposed to come back in this game and not too soon. Antonio Brown owners are rejoicing. Martavius Bryant even though he's been balling out, whether it was uh, Landry Jones or um, uh, Mike Vick, um, are uh, absolutely ecstatic. Not to mention Le'Veon Bell, who now has a quarterback that can free up a little bit more room for him to run uh, between the tackles or outside the tackles or whatever, just more room to run because Big Ben's back there being able to stretch the defense and and not – 
have the defense um, uh, stack the line against Le'Veon. So, with that being said, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you expect from Ben Roethlisberger to come back in the Todd Haley offense? I don't think he's going to miss a beat. Uh, he's been practicing decently for the last few weeks. Um, quite naturally, he's going to be wearing a knee brace and be, maybe um, limited in his movement. He's, he's got – just think about this, people. Ben Roethlisberger, you, you got to play him. If he's starting, you, you play him. You don't even sit Ben Roethlisberger. That, that's not even a thought. He's going to throw for over 300 yards in this Todd Haley offense. That's just, that's just the way it is. A couple of touchdowns, I see that. They're playing in Pittsburgh. That's an that's a, that's a advantage. Um, they're playing in Pittsburgh. That's an advantage. He's playing at home. This is an ideal situation for him. He's got all his weapons for the first time this year. First time this year. He's got Le'Veon Bell. He's got Antonio Brown. He's got Martavius Bryant, um, not to mention Marcus Wheaton, who's been there since the beginning, playing. Le'Veon Bell was suspended two games and um, came back, and Big Ben got hurt. Martavius Bryant was suspended four games, never played this year yet with Big Ben. Antonio Brown been there all, the whole time, been suffering through uh, uh, not that much last week with Landry Jones, but prior weeks with uh, 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 Mike Vick being the uh, quarterback. Um, now all weapons are go. All weapons are on board. Ben, Big Ben to throw for a couple of touchdowns, uh, over 300 yards. I know that uh, Cincinnati is uh, 17th uh, against the quarterback running back position, 15th against the uh, um, uh, wide receiver position, and 10th against the tight end position, meaning that they're pretty well-rounded defense, middle of the pack somewhere around there in preventing points against the um, um, opposition's um, skill players. But – we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Bryant, Martavis, uh, excuse me, Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Three, four, I should say. Huge offensive weapons, division, division rival, uh, the um, the um, Cincinnati Bengals are six and zero. The Steelers are four and three. The three games behind. The Cincinnati Bengals. They can't afford to lose this game. I expect a, a, a knockdown, drag-out fight in this game. On the other side, Andy Dalton has been balling out, people. You put him in your lineup. You absolutely put him in your lineup. Pittsburgh. Now, I told you what the uh, preventing fantasy points was with um, uh, Cincinnati. Well, check this out. Pittsburgh is 19th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position and the wide receiver position. The number three in preventing points against the running back position and uh, 30th in, in the tight end position. Tyler Eifert should have a big day today, um, but you got to play Jeremy Hill and G- G- Giovanni Bernard because I think both of those guys are going to be fantasy relevant. They have to be in this game. Um, uh, I think they're going to shut, try to shut down uh, A.J. Green. Um, I don't think he gets a trip into the end zone. I think that's left to Marvin Jones. Um, but I think uh, he racks up enough um, receptions and yardage to make uh, a, a double digits, 15, 16, 17 points around there. Uh, I like Marvin Jones to get that uh, with less, less catches, less yardage, but a trip into the end zone. And, of course, 
the weakness of the Pittsburgh defense is against the tight end. And uh, Tyler Offord, Eifert, I should say, had been labeled as Gronk-like, poor man's Gronk. Uh, and I expect him to have a big day against a defense that's 30th against preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. Um, I think he gets a t- visit into the end zone and gets about 60, 70 yards or somewhere around there with about five or six catches. Right in the middle of the field, Andy Dalton's quick outlet, Tyler Offord. And with Mike Nugent, it being a very reliable kick with a high-powered offense, I like both these kickers. I like both these kickers with offenses that can move the ball. Even if they get stalled, they'll be within kicking range and they'll be able to get effective points through the kicking game. All right. Let's move on to the uh, next um, matchup, which will be my lowly Texans hosting the uh, uh, lowly Tennessee Titans without Marcus Mariota, who's uh, dealing just like Ben Roethlisberger was dealing with a MC, MCL sprain, is de- dealing with an MCL sprain, and is not going to play this week. And let's talk about uh, Taylor two two teams, um, the uh, um, the uh, uh, one and five Titans against the two and five Texans, who seem like they're very close to coming apart. There's the uh, um, um, word that uh, Brian Cushion may be on a trading block because uh, he hasn't played up to expectations. Um, it looks like uh, this team, J.J. Watts, dealing with a back issue, uh, but it's, he's supposed to be going to play. Zach Mettenberger is going to take the place of Marcus Mariota, who I said is not going to play. Um, I don't know about this. I mean, I expect this game to be a um, – and with the uh, look of uh, Arian Foster-less team in, a, uh, in the backfield, uh, they're going to give Alfred Blue – I know Alfred Blue has been pulled off the waiver wire to a lot of teams, I mean to a lot of owners in fantasy, give him the opportunity to get, take the lead role. Um, Jonathan Grimes and Chris Polk, who I really like. I like Chris Polk, believe it or not. Uh, I think he's a um, – more complete back. Um, but let's talk about Tennessee first uh, and Zach Mettenberger. I expect these two guys who've been consistent in the passing game to, to be able to do this in this game because um, the Houston Texans are 30th, 28th, 20th, and 17th. And what I named would be the quarterback, and, and this is the order I named them. 30th against the quarterback, 28th against the running back, 20th against the wide receiver, and uh, 17th against preventing uh, in preventing fantasy points against uh, all four of those uh, positions in those respect that respective order. So I expect uh, Zach Mettenberger not to have a big day, but I expect the Kendall Wright, who has been very pretty consistent in his play whether it's Zach Mettenberger or especially Marcus Mariota, to get double digit, um, not double, yeah, double digits. Uh, and quite naturally, I mean, catching the ball, yardage, and um, touchdown. And I also like uh, Delaney Walker, maybe not to get a, touch, uh, uh, a um, touchdown, but to be in double digits, uh, which, is, and I'm talking about, 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. So that's about six or seven catches, 
70, 80 yards, somewhere in there. Uh, Zach Mettenberger, uh, like thrown to and, um, Delaney, uh, Anton, Delaney Walker, excuse me. He liked thrown to Delaney Walker consistently last year. And since he's been in, he, he he's carried it through. So Delaney Walker and Kendall Wright, who like to play in the middle of the field, uh, should be consistent targets for Zach Mettenberger. Now, I told you about this kid before, um, and I think he's just um, holding the spot until uh, a guy I told you to pick up last week. I'm not sure if I told you to pick him up the week before, but I to- definitely told you to pick him up last week, and I'm telling you to pick him up again this week. He's been out since the preseason because a uh, of a um, problem with his um, – Lower leg issue. Let me put it that way. I'm talking about David Cobb. Antonio Andrews should should uh, be the lead back right now. I think that's what what's been out there right now, Antonio Andrews. But I expect um, who, uh, David Cobb, who's eligible to come off the um, uh, um, inactive list, um, designated return list, I should say, uh, after week nine, uh, to take over the lead back role. Um, going into week 10, maybe 11, somewhere around there. So if, if you haven't done it yet, and I've done it in a few leagues that I could, pull David Cobb and put him on your um, roster. If you have an IR position, more the better. You pull him up, put him on your IR. doesn't take away from your regular roster until uh, he come, becomes active, uh, and that's in the next week or so. Um, and um, believe me, I, I do believe he was the best back in preseason, unfortunately, he got hurt, and now he's completely healthy, been practicing full go, and I expect him to um, get inserted into the lineup. This is Ken Wisenhunt, but I expect him to get inserted into the lineup and be effective immediately. David Cobb, remember that. All right, let's move on to the um, – in this matchup, I like uh, Brian Hoare, who's been balling out uh, for about 250 yards. You don't have uh, – uh, any of the options in Buffalo, Jacksonville, Washington, or Philly. Not that some of those options in the quarterback position you wanted. But Brian Horry has been balling. Um, multiple touchdowns for the last four weeks. Um, he's got 11 touchdowns on the season, and he's only thrown three interceptions. Um, now you don't have Foster, but I still like Brian Horry in here and the target that he has available. Uh, would be DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the top five wide receivers, if not the top one uh, in uh, fantasy. Uh, and he gets tar- targeted heavily, and I keep saying it, targets equal opportunities. So I like DeAndre Hopkins quite naturally. And the other the sleeper in here, and he's quietly been racking up some points in targets, through targets, I should say, in targets equal opportunities. Looking for a wide receiver? that you know is going to get targeted. The Houston Texans are going to have to throw the ball more because of the um, things that may not happen in the running back position. Nate Washington. So I'm thinking he's going to get about four or five catches, about 60, 65, 70 yards, somewhere around there, and probably get a trip into the end zone. So Nate Washington is a good play for me. All right? But uh, David Cobb, I'm telling you, pick up David Cobb um, and put him on your um, IR if you have a position, even if you don't. If you've got availability uh, of a running back that has absolute doing nothing for you, why not put a speculation running back that 
got a possibility, excuse me, of being a, um, the runner going forward. David Cobb. All right, let's move on to the um, next game on the docket, which would be the um, New York football Jets flying east coast to west coast and uh, being um, by the uh, Oakland Raiders, the resurgent Oakland Raiders, the new kids on the block Oakland Raiders, who a lot of people picked to lose last week, not me, but a lot of people picked to lose last week, and um, that didn't happen. So let's talk about that. A lot of people are saying don't play Omari Cooper because he's going to be in Reef Asylum. Okay. That's what they said last week when he was playing San Diego. Um, Brandon Flowers and company. Didn't happen. I know Revis is a different animal. I understand that. And the Jets are um, number one, excuse me, number 10 in preventing fantasy points against the uh, running, uh, wide receiver position. Number one against the running back position and number eight against the quarterback position. So what are people saying? What are these so-called experts are saying? Don't play Derek Carr. Don't play Latavius Murray. And don't play Amari Cooper. I'm playing Amari Cooper. Um, I still like Amari Cooper. I think he's a uh, every week play, despite the matchup. I know he's a rookie. I know he's going against a seasoned veteran uh, who may follow him all over the field. But I think he's got the mindset and skill set to be, still be effective. Um, I'm seeing um, now, do you think he's going to get into the end zone? You know what? I'm saying, yeah. They're playing at home. They're riding a high. They want to beat a division rival who a lot of people didn't think they would. They are playing well. And I like him to take a trip into the end zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trip into the end zone. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Mari Cooper gets into the end zone. Latavius Murray, I'm thinking he gets – he may be good for a flex. Um, that's about it against the number one defense in preventing fantasy points against running back position. They force op- opposing offenses to throw the football. So I'm thinking that Latavius Murray is a flex at best. He gets probably 10, 10 fantasy points. Um, that's how I'm feeling here. This matchup is always a funny matchup for the simple reason that um, um, how the Jets and Oakland Raiders history has gone. So I'm liking uh, Omari Cooper, and, and I think uh, Derek Carr um, is not going to have a stellar day, but a, a fairly effective day. So the ones that say that they should uh, sit uh, Amari Cooper, the numbers say they do, but I say in my gut, I say no. On the other side, the Raiders are 24th 
in defending, uh, excuse me, preventing fantasy points against the uh, run, uh, quarterback position, 19th against the running back position, and 11th against the wide receiver uh, position. So that's telling me Ryan Fitzpatrick should have a good day, but may, maybe not so much uh, um, his wide rece- the wide receivers. I'd have to think that this may be a um, – I wouldn't say a shootout, but this is going to be an extremely high, highly competitive game. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be able to throw for over 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns, one being to uh, um, Brandon Marshall – the other one being to the um, Chris Ivy. Yeah, I said it, Chris Ivy. Not Jeremy Curley, not Eric Decker, who I think can both get decent fantasy points. Um, <clears throat> but the number one target for Brian, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Brandon Marshall. So I think he hits the close to 100-yard mark and gets about five or six catches. Maybe not a trip into the end zone. I think that's that's going to be uh, prevented from him. Uh, and one of the other uh, wide receivers, um, uh, maybe the um, running back, um, get a trip into the end zone. Chris Ivory is a definite play. You're talking about uh, the Oakland Raiders, who are 19th. Not bad, but can be run on. Uh, and the quarterback can make some plays also. <coughs> All right. Let's move on to the next uh, uh, game on the docket, um, and that's the other four o'clock game, which would be the <coughs> excuse me, be the uh, which would be the um, Seattle Seahawks um, and the uh, Dallas Cowboys playing in Dallas. Um, very interesting matchup. Uh, you got uh, all starters on the um, Seattle uh, a go. Quite naturally, you know that uh, Dallas is playing with a a um, backup quarterback in uh, Matt Castle. Um, and um, playing with uh, Darren McFadden as a um, lead back now. Joseph Reynolds has some um, issues. Um, And and Dallas Cowboys are concerned about Joseph Reynolds' mental state. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Google, um, type in Joseph Randall, and and you'll know what I'm talking about. He uh, is having, uh, I think he's having some mental issues. Um, He's dealing with some health problems physical health problems and um, the uh, Dallas Cowboys have made Darren McFadden their lead back with uh, Christian Michael one um, injury away from being a starting running back for the um, Dallas Cowboys and that's Dar- with, with Darren McFadden excuse me Darren McFadden as the lead back which can happen at any time so you you're you um Darren McFadden owners. Hopefully you were able to pick up Christian Michael. Um, if he hasn't, you should pick him up if you have Darren McFadden because uh, um, you know that Darren McFadden's not the most durable back. 
But in this game, playing in Dallas with Matt Castle, you know Dallas is going to want to run the football. And uh, um, I'm, I'm going that route first and, and, and telling you this, that uh, the Seattle Seahawks are in the top five in preventing fantasy points. And I'll go like this, top five in quarterback, in, 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 which is number four, number two in running back, and number one in wide receiver in preventing fantasy points. Do I say start Darren McFadden? If you don't have any better choices because of the guys that are sitting on the uh, bye weeks, you play Darren McFadden. Besides in the running game, he's involved in the passing game. Even before uh, Randall got hurt, when Lance Dunbar got hurt, um, Darren McFadden was involved in the passing game. And it seems like he, he it's, it's the old Darren McFadden, um, see the hole, hit the hole, and explode through the hole. Um, I think Darren McFadden is a absolutely definite flex play and um, could be a running back too in this one. Now, I know, like, come on. You just told me, Jerry, that Seattle is number two in preventing fantasy points in the running back position, but you tell me to play Darren McFadden. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Very good offensive line. Uh, I think they can give them enough room to run. And I've seen uh, where situations where you thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to prevent a team from running the football, and it didn't happen. And I'm thinking it's not going to happen here. I think Darren McFadden is going to be able to run the football. I know they're going to stack the line uh, in Seattle to have Matt Castle try to beat him. I still like Darren McFadden here to get you um, 14, 15 points. So, and the reason why I'm saying this, uh, and that's running back two um, and, and uh, type of numbers, is this. He's going to get about 40 to 50 yards in the run game. He's going to be involved, especially in PPR, which is really uh, um, uh, you, you have an advantage here because he can catch the football out of the field, out of the backfield with no, with no issue. He was doing it when Lance Dunbar got hurt and Joseph Randall was given the lead back role. Now he's the lead back, and he can do both. So – I'm thinking he's getting about 15, 16 points. Even though he may not get in trip into the end zone, um, I'm thinking the accumulation of catching the football and running it uh, will give, give you that 15 to 16 points. Um, Des Bryant's supposed to come back, but he's supposed to be on a pitch count, and he's supposed to be followed all over the field by Richard Sherman. And you got Matt Castle thrown to him. So I, I, I really am not expecting a lot from Des Bryant. Okay, not the first game back coming off a foot injury. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been he's been sitting down since what week one? This is week eight. I know he's he he's talking big and all that, but that's football talk. That's football player type of talk. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he needs one or two more weeks to get up to speed. And this is a very not a good matchup for wide receivers. Not a good matchup for wide receivers. So I, I'm not expecting a lot from the wide receivers. Tight end? That's a different story. Seattle. Now, I talked about four against the quarterback, two against the running back, one against the wide receiver, uh, preventing fantasy points. 
Now, the reason why I didn't mention the tight end position, that's because Seattle is 31st in preventing points against the tight end position. 31st. What's that tell you? Stout defense, trying to prevent the run, trying to uh, um, prevent the passing game, only except in the middle of the field, and Matt Castle will be throwing short to Jason Witten, who's going to should have a, a pretty big day because of the fact that Seattle takes away all your other options except the tight end position, keeps everything in the middle of the field and short. So I think Jason Witten should have a, a good day because that's their weakness. Um, I've said it before. That's not the first time I've said it. That's their weakness in that defense. So I expect Jason Witten to have a, a good day. They're playing in the Cowboy country. One of the most consistent kickers, the all the NFL, inside that dome, at home, Dan Bailey. You're looking for a kicker? He shouldn't be on anybody's waiver wire. Uh, this is one of the most consistent kickers in football, and it gets ample opportunities, and I expect him to do it here. Um, Dan Bailey. Is a good pick here. Um, let's go on to the other side of the ball, uh, other side of the field, I should say, and talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan, um, and Dallas is number five in preventing fantasy points against the uh, quarterback position. So I think they keep, uh, um, because of their pass rush um, and the speed of the defense, uh, keeps Russell Wilson in check. Um, for the most part. It, but the Dallas is uh, vulnerable against uh, uh, against preventing fantasy points in the running back position. So you think Marshawn Lynch, you think Fred Jackson are going to be able to run the football? I do. Um, and it should be a no-brainer. You start Marshawn Lynch. He's, he's matchup proof. You start him every week. Um, Fred Jackson, I think, is going to be involved in the passing game because I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be able to, to effectively, even though Tyler Lockett has been um, balling out, is going to be able to consistently get the um, balls to the uh, wide receivers to uh, rack up any decent points for them, with the exception of maybe um, um, Jimmy Graham. But Dallas is number three, and they, they go against one of the best of all time in Jason Witten, and they're number three against preventing uh, – number three against – Number three in preventing fantasy points from the tight end position. Number seven in doing the same thing for the wide receiver, wide receiver position. Their weakness is preventing points, uh, fantasy points in the running back. So what, what does Seattle do well? They run the football. Quite naturally, they run the football. So they're going to run the football, and the running backs are going to be uh, uh, showcased like they always are in Seattle. All right, let's move on to the um, next game, and that would be the uh, 8.30 game, Battle of Two Beatons, both of them coming off a uh, a bye week. Talk about the Green Bay Packers going to Mile High to visit the Denver Broncos, led by Peyton Manning. Quite naturally, the Packers are led by Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy. Two two come in unbeaten, one goes out beaten. That that that's the bottom line. What a, what a hell of a game for the eight thirty game. Uh, I really I'm really looking forward to. There's two just really two teams. Excuse me, two games I'm really looking forward to today. 
it would be the um, Cincinnati Bengals versus the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the um, Green Bay Packers versus the um, um, Denver Broncos. What a day, what, what, what a night to top off the day of NFL football when you get the Packers and the Broncos meeting each other. Two future Hall of Fame, in my opinion, quarterbacks, and um, one quarterback has been playing well. Defense outscored the offense up until now. I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. And the other, I think their main wide receiver and their offense has been not as prolific as it was in the past. <clears throat> With their running back being hampered over the last few weeks before they went on to buy, meaning Andy Lacey and, and the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers. They both come off a bye and face each other, in, um, which is a classic matchup. And who's going to impose their will on here? Uh, Ty Montgomery has not practiced this week and is not expected to play. Devontae Adams had limited practice this week, uh, but then had a full day on Friday and is expected to come back from his ankle injury. Um, so what happens here? Um, let's go on the Green Bay side of the football first. Green Bay, uh, I mean, excuse me, Denver is number one in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position, number two in doing the same thing against the wide receivers, uh, middle of the pack in preventing uh, fantasy points uh, against the running back positions. And um, uh, when I say middle of the pack, they're 16th, and that's exactly the middle of the pack. And 19th against preventing, 19th in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position, meaning that in reality, Green Bay shouldn't be able to move the ball at all whether it's with the quarterback, running back, wide receivers, or tight end. But you know what? I like uh, the tr- prospects of Richard Rodgers uh, being able to um, be effective in this offense. So I like Richard Rodgers in here. Uh, James Starks is dealing with a hip injury. I'm not sure if he's going to play. I kind of doubt it. Um, and and uh, supposedly uh, Eddie Lacy is uh, the lead, still the lead back, still – going to get the guy who's going to get the majority of touches. Eddie Lacy fans, he started off slow last week, last year. Don't get discouraged. You know, I've been trying to trade off Eddie Lacy and I've had second thoughts. I'm thinking Eddie Lacy is going to be, um, um, it's going to be a pounder in here. They're going to try to loosen up that offense, uh, excuse me, that defense in Denver, uh, trying to run the football and then make play action plays down the field with, uh, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and quite naturally James Jones. So I'm liking James Jones in here to get um, uh, double-digit points. I'm liking uh, Randall Cobb, who probably is going to be shadowed by Key Tlaib. And uh, um, I like it. I'm liking those two guys. The guys, I think one who's going to get the most fantasy points in, in here would be um, in the passing game would be Richard Rogers. Um, so. If, you're looking for a tight end because you don't have um, any of the ones that are on by, uh, whether it's from Washington, whether it's from um, Philly or from uh, Buffalo or Jacksonville. Pick up Richard Rogers. He shouldn't be on anybody's waiver wire because he's been pretty effective the last few weeks. Um, 
and, and play him. Uh, he may not get a lot of yardage, but um, he's a, he's a bye week filler, um, and, and this is the week that you put him in there. I think he, he can become effective, and quite naturally, Mason Crosby should be able to get some decent touches here. For the simple fact is that uh, he's going to be in position to kick some field goals. They're going to move move the football and make it stymied. stymied I mean, meaning Green Bay stymied by the Denver defense. But Mason Crosby should be able to get some decent um, um, opportunity to kick field goals here. So uh, if he's sitting out there, and he probably is not, but if he is for whatever reason. Uh, he's good, good viable play in fantasy. And, and I do like, like I said, Ed, Ed Lacy. On the other side of the field, <coughs> Peyton Manning. Put up or shut up, man. You had a, you had a bye week. You had a chance to um, get yourself somewhat together, uh, get these uh, offense somewhat together. And here we go. Here we go. I know we're going against a, this, this Green Bay defense has been underrated. Okay, they're 13th and 11th in preventing fantasy points in the quarterback and running back position. They're ninth in preventing uh, points in the uh, uh, wide receiver position, and they're weak. Just they're weaker, just like the uh, Denver Broncos, 22nd in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. I don't like. I do like Owen Daniels. I think. Uh, He's been used, but Peyton Manning likes throwing to the to the uh, um, tight end, and I think he's going to be able to do that effectively. I like both these wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders is a wide receiver too, with uh, one one uh, uh, upside. Uh, Demarius Thomas, in my opinion, some people don't think so, but I think so. He's a wide receiver one, and I like him a lot. Um, Ronnie Hillman. Remaking can be run on, not 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 really that much. But Ronnie Hillman's been named the starting running back. Uh, C.J. Anderson's going to have uh, C.J. Anderson's going to have to take a back seat. Ronnie Hillman's the number one running back. Um, temporary expectations in this matchup because the Denver has been having issues in running the football. All right, let's let's talk. Man, quite naturally, in my opinion, you got to start Peyton Manning. You can't sit him on a bench. Uh, it's that one time you sit him on a bench. Uh, and when he goes off and you you wind up uh, kicking yourself, of course, you did that. All right, let's go to the last and final game, uh, which would be the Monday night game, which would be an interesting game because the fact is the Indianapolis um, Colts uh, are, are trying to search for an identity, and uh, um, it's going to be a wait and see here. With this, because the fact is that the um, the uh, offense has been sputtering, and Andrew Luck hasn't been re- really uh, um, primed up to, to the uh, or hasn't been li- lived up to the um, uh, preseason hype, and uh, it's time to put up or shut up, Andrew. But I think in this case, he's off about because he's going to have to because it's a passing offense for over 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I don't expect the um, Frank Gore to be that effective. Um, Carolina, even though they're 20th against preventing fantasy points in the running back position, they're three and four in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback and wide receiver position. 
and 11th against the tight end. Um, very good top 10 defense, in my opinion, the Carolina Panthers. Um, I like Dante Moncrief, uh, the, the, the better out of the two that um, 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 wide receivers. I really like Dante Moncrief in this, and I, I, I like uh, um, um, T.Y. Hilton to have uh, double-digit numbers, but maybe not a good trip into the end zone. On the other side of the ball, like I said, you got to play Andrew Luck. Um, most people got to play Frank Gore because of the bye weeks. And T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, in my opinion, are every week plays. Um, it's a toss-up in a tight end position. We're going to go into the overtime for a short minute, really short minute, because uh, I want to finish this. So we're going to go into overtime in about five seconds, but not for that long. Hang with me there so I can finish my analysis. All right, we're into overtime, and let's move on to the Carolina Panthers, who I've probably one of the uh, underwritten, uh, under um, um, appreciated offenses. Cam Newton uh, in this Indianapolis is 22nd, 27th, 25th, and 21st. And in the order I, I named that, be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end and preventing fantasy points. Um, so they're wide open defense, in my opinion. They're all bottom part of the uh, uh, pecking order in preventing fantasy points in those respective positions. So I expect Cam Newton to have a, uh, a very good day running the football, what Cam does, and passing. I expect Jonathan Stewart, who's been balling out, and I'm telling you this right now, I'm telling you this right now. For those who've been um, – who have Jonathan Stewart, or for those who don't, if you're able to grab Jonathan Stewart and you are in a position that you think you're going to be getting into the playoffs, Jonathan Stewart is probably the most favorable running back. Actually, it had the most favorable matchups going into the fantasy playoffs. He's one of the top, let me put it that way, so if you have an opportunity now, a lot of people underestimate Jonathan Stewart. Some people even put him on their bench and play other running backs because they don't know what they have. I'm trying to get Jonathan Stewart in every um, Matt, uh, every um, fantasy team that I own, especially the ones I think I have a strong shot of getting into the playoffs because his matchups are ideal. So I expect him to have a very good night today. Uh, it may be harder after today to uh, get Jonathan Stewart, but if you're able to, do so. Believe it or not, uh, there's some options. If you are, um, have a some name running backs, uh, you can offer that one up there with a, a package and, and see if you can get the, the Jonathan Stewart because he's going to benefit. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to benefit you if you're into fantasy playoffs. Um, another guy that's uh, undervalued, and uh, Cam's been throwing to him on a regular basis. May not get into the end zone, but his high risk, high, re- high reward would be Ted Ginn Jr. I know. He hasn't had the best of luck in, in catching the football in his prior. Um, um, he's been more consistent in this team than he's ever been. And he, he is a high risk, high reward. Big splash plays from Ted Ginn. And quite naturally, his go-to guy, it's not a wide receiver, it's a tight end. 
one of the top five um, tight ends um, in all of uh, football and all of fantasy, and that would be Greg Olson. And Graham Gano, because they're going to move to football, and um, this um, offense sometimes has the uh, um, difficulty moving the football, but they're going to be in field goal position. Graham Gano, just like Adam Terry, both these teams should be able to move the football, maybe not get into the end zone, but in field goal range. Both these kickers are very consistent and very reliable and give you valuable fantasy points. Kicker, kickers are people too, and they, their fantasy points matter. Trust me when I say this. Okay? All right. For those of you, okay, who are going to <coughs> go into next week, by week nine, you won't have Carson Palmer. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is sitting out there, grab him. He's a good bye week feeling. He's playing Jacksonville next week. Um, trust me when I say that. Um, he shouldn't be on the waiver wire, but Charkandrick uh, West should be grabbed uh, in your um, lineup. I talked about Darren McFadden. I also talked about Chris Polk. I also talked about David Cobb. Um, I'm not – I have to – it's a wait and see on me or Orleans Darkwa from the Giants. I'm not sure because of um, – there's a crowded backfield in, in the Giants. I'm not sure about that. I had talked about this guy before, and and I imagine a lot of people have already picked him up. But if you haven't, he's still sitting out there for whatever reason. He shouldn't be. And he played pretty well. I'm talking about Rashad Matthews in, in, from Miami, wide receiver. Stephon Diggs, I've been telling you about this kid for the longest. Um, and um, Nate Washington and Robert Woods, I told you about. One's on a bye. The other one uh, should be playing this week. Both those guys, if you're looking for wide receivers, both those guys should be picked up. Jordan Reed's on a bye. If, if he's not on your lineup, he's sitting there on a, uh, uh, on your waiver wire. He's a tight end one for the rest of the year. Pick him up, okay? I told you about Ladarius Green already. Austin Severian Jenkins, um, he's very, very shortly coming back, and he's going to be a, a, a huge target, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, somewhere around there. When he comes back, Jameis Winston will use him. Okay? Um, with that being said, um, I appreciate you joining me. Tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, well, I'll be back again. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. Um, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy uh, baseball. Enjoy football t- today and tonight and including Monday night, and we'll catch you on the flip side on next Sunday morning. See ya.